Naked ABCs, where we discuss every bare naked lady song from seven to Y. And this week, we do not have a Stefan. He said he was coming, but you know what? He was just toying with me the whole time. He didn't plan on coming after all. Sick, sick man. But we do have Aaron and Jeff joining us. Thank hey, you, gentlemen. Hello. How's hey, everyone doing? And to fill the spot, we have a wonderful guest. Thank you for what, coming back, Tyler. Oh, my pleasure. You guys did not you guys did not bully me out of ever coming back. We have not scared him away quite yet. <laughs> Glad to hear. And and Tracy, I just I'm just curious. I thought you did the, the, the song title puns at the end of the episode for the next song. No, but, I try to do them at both the beginning. Yeah, you get some both ways. Okay, okay. Yeah. I try to bookend it. All right. That's yeah. a Simon and Garfunkel thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong band, but certainly. Harmonies. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so if you haven't picked up on it, this week we're going to be discussing the song Just a Toy, and here is a brief snippet. Let me try that again. Here is a brief snippet. Wow, I got the P's on that one. There was no F's. All right. You want to do another so, take or are you good? You got this it? now? Snip it. Snip it. Guess. You want to you <laughs> zoom this and do five more takes? or Yeah, five, five, yeah exactly. <laughs> Let me turn the lights out now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Aaron, <clears throat> what album is this on? Oh, boy. <laughs> I well, don't know about this bit. Steven is I singing. I think he's going to get this. Steven is singing. It is definitely not Gordon. Um, I don't think it's Maybe You Should Drive. I don't think it's Stunt or Maroon, but I'm not 100% sure. I am leaning towards Born on a Pirate Ship. Oh, actually, yeah. it's Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> it's like, actually, like, really? it's, it's Bare Naked for the I mean, Holidays. You were so it's, close. It's <laughs> such a different kind of song. Oh, awesome. It's Born <laughs> yeah. on a Pirate Ship. How, sure. how does he do I, that? It, Every it's time. such a different kind of song. Like, uh, I, I have in my notes, the only the one I compared it to was The Flag, just because of the moodiness. Um but Aaron um, is the only person I think I know that could actually pull this off, having like literally no previous experience with BNL other than this podcast. I try and really. just get the instrumentation sound. Like each album kind of has its own sound. That's but where it's at because some this of them is the one blur together, Andy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was that was yeah. Because there's not really any keyboards. There's a little musical toy box uh, at the beginning and huh? end. But um, yeah, it, it's. It's really hard with with bare naked ladies are me and men because they were recorded at the same time basically. So I'm always <laughs> I'm always dreading when it's going to be one of those. But okay, yeah, no, that, that seems right. So even though Kevin is not on this song, this was a song that he came into the band immediately after they had mm. recorded it and and did the tour with them. And this was one of his early favorites while he was learning the repertoire. Um, this this is one of his ones where he's like, yes, I get to play that song. Kevin, you are a man after my own heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it is a song written by Ed and Steve. So we're coming back to this album, Born on a Pirate Ship, which they decided to start collaborating on their songs again instead mm. of just bringing their own single music to the band. And, uh, and we get this. So why don't, we, why don't we discuss a little bit about the music on this? Aaron, would you, would you give us a breakdown of this song? All right, let's break it down. Go ahead and give it <laughs> to it me. Down. <laughs> well, let me just start by saying that based on the name, before I had listened to it, for some reason, I didn't really have high hopes. I was thinking this was going to be like a Randy Newman song, you know, <laughs> and nothing, nothing against Randy Newman. I love You Got a Friend of Me as much as the next fella, but I've been yearning for some dark and moody music lately. So boy, was I pleasantly surprised <laughs> by Just a Toy. 
this could have this could have been the, this could have been Woody's song. The Woody's well, it could have been. Yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, this could mm-hmm. be someone could make like a little music video out of this and kind of um, kind of recontextualize <laughs> Toy Story and make it that a thing darker. people used to do in two thousand seven, where yeah. they just like take they a make, pop like, song they like. They still yeah, they still do well, it. Not only but... that, but people take like <laughs> movie trailers and then like take like a comedy and turn it into a horror and make it look like it's a horror. Oh, that's film. great! Yeah, yeah. yeah. that, that would be this. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a little existential dread <laughs> in this song. <laughs> it starts out with some creepy slash sad child music box sounds and a count-in on the drumsticks. And then it launches into a dark and foreboding groove with lots of bass and heavy drums and not quite discordant but almost discordant guitar in a manner that brings to mind the Jesus and Mary chain. Specifically, it kind of reminds me of their song, All Things Must Pass. Uh, that song rocks more. It's a I harder song. that was a song. George Harrison song. <laughs> I, I, I that is a George Harrison song, but it's a very, very different song. It's not, it's not the same song. Uh, but yeah, uh, that song is more for banging your head to. It's more driving. But the sickly vocals and the ominous, out of phase, distorted guitar work here really remind me of it. And that's a very good thing, if you were wondering. Uh, Tracy, would you put a little sample of "All Things Must Pass" in here? So, yeah, don't put the George Harrison song. People are going to be like, what is Aaron talking about? That sounds nothing like this song. No, I did just put the George Harrison version <laughs> okay. in here. Okay. Here is the real version. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Just a Toy was recorded at, I'm going to say, about 136 beats per minute for the main groove, although it fluctuates pretty wildly, and there are several... <laughs> you mean that Tyler was back to like not having Ben Mink <laughs> on his ass? He's like, Play, I am going to swing the beat on this no, like, no tomorrow. Well, I, I think a lot of it is intentional. Uh, it, certainly there's, there's, some, there's some pretty heavy sway back and forth, but there are also some times uh, where it, it's fairly dramatically, seemingly intentional tempo changes, especially in the, in the bridge. Uh, it's pretty chaotic, which, again, appeals to me. <laughs> uh, it was written in the key of E minor, one of my favorite keys to write in. Not that that makes me like the song any more or less. It's just something I notice when I hear a song in that key because I wrote a lot of songs in that because it's easy to play on the keyboard. But, you know, apparently Kevin wasn't involved in that decision. So, <laughs> um, He just liked it a lot. He's like, oh, I can do that. It's, it's very pretty. I like it. Um, so, yeah, the intro vamps on E minor. You've got the verse where you've got like a one, seven, six, seven, one. You've got E minor to D to C, technically C add nine. Uh, keeping the D in play, that's what she said. <laughs> then back to D and start the loop over at E minor. But on the second repetition, it sounds brighter, and I believe they are substituting an A minor for the C add nine. Which you might think it's odd that substituting a minor chord for a major one would make it sound brighter, but what I mean is the tonal gravity has perceived shift upwards. Uh, in the chorus, C add nine again jumps to D, the seventh, then G, the third, then E minor, your tonic, then C add nine again, D back to E. Then in the bridge, we are walking all over the place with passing tones and chromatics. <laughs> My best guess here is that we're in D minor, <laughs> but it's been too long of a day for me to do a deep dive off the top of the platform into this little Dixie cup, so I'm just going to say D minor. Uh, seems heavily implied. Most, if not all, of the chords contain a D, and it's kind of hammering it pretty hard. The effect is this sort of down feeling, both because we're moving down a whole step from E to D, but also the song slows down pretty perceptively, and it sounds even more somber mm-hmm. in the bridge. Uh, it's also where the lyrics get vulnerable and confessional and shift from the outward anger or perceived slight to where the narrator speaks earnestly of how this has affected him. But we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, the form is intro on E minor, verse 1, which your A section, chorus, your B section, verse 2A, chorus B, bridge C, 
to D minor, then back to E minor for verse 3A, chorus B. This last chorus kind of contains some references to the bridge, musically speaking, and then you've got the outro with the toy music box. Um, the intro of the song had me very excited. The drum beat is very heavy on the toms. There's ominous guitar work, like I said. Uh, if it had strings, it might almost sound like Godspeed, you black emperor. So I started off with very high hopes. I was like, wow. For whatever reason, I can't even remember it now. I was initially worried. Maybe I was like, oh, it's not going to live up to what I'm thinking. But by the end, I was totally, totally on board. Really, really like this one. Is Godspeed, you black emperor, the song from Bare Naked Ladies for the Holidays? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to hear a BNL Godspeed uh, <laughs> mashup now. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Put Godspeed, the Black Emperor, on with God's Godspeed, God gentlemen. Mix that up together. Perfect. See what you did. You'll Selling. take our souls away. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that force lightning. Never mind. <laughs> that, was, that was really great analysis, Aaron, and I Thank found you. myself nodding along even though I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> that's, that's as as I do every week, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the circle of fifths. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I agree with everything Aaron just said. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly a, a reference to to Johann Sebastian Bach with the circle of <laughs> So, so to break down what Aaron said into into normal nomenclature, <laughs> to non nerd talk, is a really <laughs> down, depressing, and dark song. It is. <laughs> I love it. So I, love, I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is such a good one. Hold on. Last time I was here, you guys were all down on the latter half of Bope, but now you guys are all back on board. I will defend that. No, I will ship. defend that soon. Yes, but you're correct. <laughs> you are correct. I have said that, but. <laughs> so any other people who, what, any other comments or thoughts on the music? People. So I have a four hour playlist of a bunch of Simon and Garfunkel songs, Simon and Garfunkel covers and just a bunch of other like mellow songs that I like. And this song is on that playlist, even though it's not really like mellow, like acoustic guitar stuff. For some reason, it it's on that playlist because it fits the vibe. And I, I, I could, like listening to yeah, it. I so I've mm-hmm. actually heard this song a lot because I'll just put that playlist on like anytime I'm doing homework or like just need to zone out. Yeah, it's it's got that. It's not it's not quite mellow, but I like the the ease that it, it kind of works in. It's not. Despite being dark, it's not an intense song. I find it kind of comforting. I, I agree with Tyler. Um, I, it, it is a dark song. It's got a really dark edge to it, and I do love that about this song. But it is bouncy. It is poppy. It starts off very psychedelic. I love the the opening riff, like Aaron said. I love that opening. It's 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 psychedelic. It's powerful. Um, the chorus to me sounds very uh, boppy and pop. I I, I kind of think of like almost a. Uh, a 60s uh, feel to it a little bit. The harms. Oh my God. The harms in this song yes. are well, that's why incredible. I, like, I don't know if we're like, we, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Like when the, the, um, um, the harms in general, but the harms leading into the chorus on forever, yeah. ever mine. And then I know you must love me sometime. Forever, that Ed Steve background that's going on is just amazing. <laughs> love yeah. it. And I also really love the drum beat, too. Yeah. It, it's yeah. catchy. Tyler, that's interesting. I was about to say, Jeff, as soon as you said the word psychedelic, I thought of Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. It's kind of reminiscent yeah, of right. that. Yes, oh, yes, and that drum yeah. beat is similar, too. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed, yeah. yeah. No wonder Kevin well, loves this it. Be- <laughs> <laughs> this would be just as good a place as any to discuss the sound of this Song, not just the, the music. Sound of silence, anyway. The sound of silence is what people are going to be after. So, I Simon and Garfunkel, come on the show. <laughs> we know, yeah, we you, know listen. you listen. Come we on. know you listen. In fact, get back together again on the show. <laughs> on the show, one night you heard it here. You heard it here, folks. Uh, reunion but only if you're going to play Red Rubber Ball. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally be up for the boxer myself, but yeah, we'll yes, yeah. <laughs> So this is as good a time as any to talk about the sound because the sound is integrated in with the music and integrated in with the lyrics, but it's not. It is its own entity in this song. 
it has a, a personality to it. It starts off like you were saying, kind of angry in the sound of it, in the, in the way that the not just the music is, but the, what they're doing with the production of it. Um, Aaron, yeah, you, you want to talk anything about the production? Effect. Yeah, the the first verse, uh, Stephen's vocals are not quite distorted maybe, but there's like a high-pass filter or something that makes it sound like he's singing through a megaphone. Something that metal bands uh, started doing later in that decade and, and in the early 2000s as well. So I don't want to say that Paige was a, a trendsetter there, but uh, I don't remember a lot of bands doing that. Well, Pink Floyd did that in The Wall, I guess. But aside from, aside yeah. from that, I don't remember that being very prevalent. Uh, there's an interesting effect. It just makes it sound a little more removed. And in the context of what we're about to talk about with the lyrics, I'm sure, it's kind of interesting. It's like you're hearing the inner thoughts of a, of a discarded marionette or something. Well, that's the thing is it it has its own life in its in its in a way, and it's trying to bring something to the song with what they're doing, and it's not like you have the that megaphone type feel, and then it's not there. They don't just cut it out. It is a slow dwindle where they they take it out and it and it fades out. But as it's fading out, the first verse, yeah. Um, but as it's fading out through the through the chorus and into the second verse, um, and it's a very slow fade, you have the music also swapping out in a way too. Mm-hmm. So the it, you mm. can almost at times not quite hear what Stephen is saying because of the megaphone effect. But then as the music dies down and the du- music becomes more subdued, Stephen's voice becomes more pronounced because the megaphone effect is going in the opposite direction and, and fading out, and you have him becoming well, clearer. Not to bleed over too much into the lyrics section, but don't you think that maybe uh, if if our emotions are what make us human, if this if this discarded toy or marionette or puppet or whatever is uh, experiencing this jealousy, that's an emotion, and maybe they're becoming more human on their own, just being self aware and. Uh, I don't know it's it's really it's an interesting the, the whole the whole topic of, of the song is really interesting and it's uh, it's very it's been a while since I've thrown out a They Might Be Giants illusion, so it kind of reminds me of something they would do just because yeah. they'll often yeah. take the perspective of a snail or something like that and be like or, or, or ween. a nightlight ween, ween's kind of like that too yeah, yeah. nightlight yeah exactly well, and the it's it's more nuanced of a like a style oh, plus substance yeah. mm-hmm. substance thing. I was thinking of the song Frank Sinatra by Cake. Yeah. Like the first verse is kind of supposed to sound like just like it's a record playing in another room or something, yeah. and then like the the next verse hits and it just boom, it's natural sound like it's it's like music studio sounding again. Mm-hmm. But this song doesn't do that. It it's more as smooth. you said, it transitions. Yeah. Yeah. When Beano does a change in music, very much like Beatles, they'll build, at, you know, one one instrument, then another, then another, and they'll build throughout the song. This goes in the exact opposite direction, where you start with this almost wall of sound type thing at the mm-hmm. beginning of the, the song, and by the end of it, it's almost as if he's dwindling into himself and disappearing, and, and yeah. it's a very, it's almost a whisper with almost no music in the background at all to support him he's very isolated by the end of that song and can i just say i've mentioned before how i my hatred of autotune um and even not even autotune necessarily but people doing like a million takes and then stitching each syllable from the take they like best into this (laughs) one line um I, I hate that because the more perfect something is, the less human it is, ironically, mm-hmm. for, the, for the topic of this song. But you really hear that humanity in Steven's voice when it's like cracking at the end. And it's just, I, I've always been a fan of that. I mean, obviously, there, there's there's a threshold and the point of yeah. diminishing returns. Right. But I think this song st- stays well within that. And it's it's really, really moving. Oh, I, I get that, though. Like, that's, what, that's why I like listening to, like, Jeff Buckley, you know, um, because... Yeah. The bracks are the, the breaks are there. The cracks are there. I mean, there's just something about that when the emotion gets into the song. I agree with you. Like, I'm not a fan of really um, processing a song to the point where it's like perfect. Like, <laughs> just just give the emotion of it. And this song does it because I, I feel like, and when we talk about the lyrics, which I'm, I'm sure we're getting there really close to it, um, I feel like you can take this song in a lot of ways. I think it's very obviously literal, uh, but there's a lot of metaphorical. Uh, substance you can take from this song and it's all emotional and it's all sad 
And those breaks in that reality really works for it. Yeah, we no, haven't no. mentioned, but but I feel like the bass playing is also strong in this. It is. And yes. Mm-hmm. I, Jim, Jim, please come on the show. Yeah, <laughs> we know you listen. Jim Cregan, go on Chapo, and by Chapo, I mean bare naked ABCs. <laughs> um, wow, our audience it's, it's, is bigger uh, than the, I thought. I guess it's the acoustic <laughs> bass on this one, right? Uh, yeah. It might be electroacoustic, but yeah, yeah, it's very rich. It's very, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's got really that plucky nice. sound yeah. to it. I love it. it. It might be fretless. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I, I like when we make Tracy pour through liner notes. <laughs> um, the trouble with Tracy is he has to find this answer. <laughs> Yeah, what are we is, looking for, Tracy? Is there a trouble is with it, Tracy for this song? He's, he's, well, he's trying to find out what the bass is, I think. Oh. Yeah, see? Uh, I know him so well. Dance, dance for us. <laughs> you know what I really love? I really love the Violent Femme, so I love it when um, oh, yeah. he has that big yes. acoustic bass. Oh, man, I haven't listened so to them great. in a while. I gotta, I gotta bring that back. Go, yeah. go listen to the song No Killing. Highly recommend it. Yeah, I well, no, I do like no, I love the Violent Femmes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a while since I listened. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the blind leading the naked, underrated album is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, so did you, did you see them when they toured together? That was great. No, I didn't know. So the odd thing for this one is the liner notes on this one say Stephen Page toys. Yeah, with. Backgrounds and yelling by BNL, Michael Philip Voyevoda, John Millard, The Waltons, Brian Adams, and his audience. So, which Waltons were we thinking? We got Walton Goggins. <laughs> I, I, the band, The Waltons, I, I'm thinking. John, John Boy Walton. You got the people uh-huh. who own Walmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just an interest, like. On the other ones, they'll actually break it down. There's no breakdown on on this song at all in terms. What's of- it with Brian Adams being in the credits, though? Uh, well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what is <laughs> Brian Adams and his crowd? I guess if you're Canadian, you just have to name other Canadians at some point. <laughs> just like, yeah, they're and- like uh, Alanis Morissette's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it is known that John Millar did showed up, I think. additional background vocals for this, but the other people, I'm not so aware of being in this song. If you listen carefully, you can hear Brian Voitano's skates just cutting into the ice. <laughs> Neil Perch just tearing in in the background. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, you guys want to hear a quick joke? Go for it. So yeah. Waitress drops off uh, the check to uh, Neil Pert and Getty Lee, says, uh, just dropping this here, no rush. And Getty Lee says, damn. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a joke about subdividing the receipt, the check different ways, because Neil Pert playing in like 713 or something. You know? No rush. Uh. It's a little bit of a deep joke, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry, I went to music school. What do you expect? I got to look. I, I spent money on this. I gotta Not make everyone you, gets your jokes. I, gotta, I, spent, I spent good money going to music school. I got to make you right. Yeah, money. right. Yeah. So that joke just cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> good thing I'm not paying that bill. <laughs> The yeah. government must Joe keep Biden, that money because I've never seen a set of that million dollars. Joe Biden, we know you uh, listen. Come on the show and give me $10,000 of my student loans, please. What music do you think Joe Biden listens to? He oh, listens, he's a huge B- he's he a listens BNL fan. exclusively to the song Old Time Rock and Roll. It's on repeat, and that's the only thing he ever <laughs> listens to. <laughs> this song is not played that often. Okay, that's a pity. Um, that's yeah. And, and I, I wanted your opinions about why you might think that is. So when <clears throat> when Stephen was with the band, they only played it eleven times in concert. And I mean, maybe it's kind of a bummer. Like they if, haven't if, played if it has it a personal since. meeting. Yeah, but they do play bummer songs though. They I do. mean, they play the yeah. flag a lot. Yeah. Well, Stephen okay, has so played is... it five times in his in okay. his thirty his 30 concerts from home this year he's played it five times so this is my question this is we may as well start talking about the lyrics because it's impossible not to at this point. well i yeah, thought that would be a good time to break into i know in the past we've had songs written by steven which 
seemed to indicate maybe the father-son relationship was a bit damaged. Um, so what I'm thinking is maybe this is a really painful song for him to sing. You know, maybe he doesn't like doing it that often. Or maybe recently he's kind of come around and been like, yeah, well, it's a great song. I should sing it. But I don't know. That's just <laughs> one possible. Another thing is a lot of people go see BNL to, like, have fun and, and you know, dance and, and, and sing along and stuff like that. Throw macaroni at the band. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, like, I mean- so... The one time they did play it live was when they were when they were recording the every uh Bare Ladies Are Men and Are Me albums. They did a podcast um where especially Ed would talk in in between his uh different times in the in the studio and on episode 18 he talks about this song and then Ed and him sing this I mean Stephen and Ed sing this song but Ed was Ed said that he really loves this song he's really proud of it Stephen's first thought was that they were driving through they were living in a Greek area of Toronto called the Danforth um, and as he was driving through he saw the sign for barbecue ch- uh, lamb for 1095 and he just started singing barbecue lamb 1095, I am what I am, and that is alive, and it's mine. He's like, it means nothing, but he knew it would turn wow. into something, and and then like it just became alive. But then they were like, you know what? We have to write this song about Pinocchio, and about but it's gonna be about Pinocchio's older brother that Geppetto has labored over for months, and all he wanted was a real boy, and if you could only get the carving right. It would be a real boy, but then he set it aside and created Pinocchio, and the older brother was set left to languish and watch Pinocchio get all the love. And then they started with the anger, but then they're like, "No, no, that's not right." And and they kept reworkshopping it until they got to the sadness and just left it with the sadness of the moment. Um, I did not pick up that meaning, but that makes total sense, and. I'm, I'm <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. That was all Ed's statements about this on his podcast. No, I think I think when I first started listening to this song, I mean, when the song starts, it sounds like a very Steve song. And um, obviously, to me, it was metaphorical. The thin painted line for the mouth and uh, the limbs been up and bundled in twine. Um, you know, getting into uh, I Know You Must Love Me Sometime, you know, I thought it was a relationship song because Stephen's <laughs> good at those kind of songs. Um, you know, as you get into it, uh, obviously with the, you know, looking at, uh, look at his nose, you know that he lies. I mean, it becomes obvious or it becomes pretty apparent that this song is in the perspective of, you know, another puppet on the shelf who looks at Pinocchio and who's jealous of him. I do, I do see the sibling rivalry. Now, I always thought that, the father son thing was more Ed, but maybe I'm wrong. When I when I listen to uh, the Great Provider, I don't know why, but I always kind of feel like that's son. Ed's. I father feel like it's more son of a, is a Cat Stevens thing. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that's or true. Yeah, the cat is in the cradle and the silver spoon <laughs> and the little boy blue on the man. Um, sunrise. But I the father son thing was more of an Ed thing, but <laughs> sunrise sunset. But yeah, it is kind of the the Joseph story again too. The Joseph and his twelve mm-hmm. brothers. The jo- Joseph comes along and. 12 brothers who all thought they had their father's favoritism all are jealous. And it's kind of that story all over again, like uh, the sibling rivalry thing. Um, I do think it could apply to a lot of different uh, things for people where you feel as you're less as someone, but um, no, I, I, I think, I, I think I really get the sadness and I almost, I, the first verse to me is, is uh, it works because I, I feel like he's so unfinished. Like he's just left there. Um, the, the mouth, the thin painted line, look at my limbs bent up and bundled in twine and, uh, uh, form of a tree, shape of a child. I wish I could cry stuck in a permanent smile. Like this feeling of this absolute total helplessness. Um, like Aaron says, I love the dark songs too. And, uh, that just works for me. This isn't just someone who's jealous. This is someone who's in a frozen jealousy, (laughs) um, to the point of almost like, uh, just, uh, immobilization uh and it's just really heartbreaking and it also raises the question of um how do you feel empathy for this sort of person who who wants like who towards the end of the song wants violence and like has been driven towards this hatred do you do you empathize with that person because of all of the crap that they went through to get there or do their do their 
do their ends nullify their means or right. that's a good point yeah i was thinking about the um the uh the lady in the the lady in the lake from the haunting of bly mm-hmm. manor Ooh, yeah. like, yes yes it, it's, it's the delayed gratification of like oh let's let's see what this what this ghost and evil evil thing that we've been scared of for so long let's see what it's really about and then contextualizing it or the the crooked but still raising lady. the question is it is it justified because of what she went through yeah right. yeah see yeah. i want to see this sto- i want to see this played out in a movie like this would be really interesting i've got a movie a for you tracy it's called pinocchio and uh no, no. i mean if you bring i, I got a movie called geppetto starring drew carey I, you should I was check gonna it. say <laughs> i would love to see really Tim solid. Burton bring this to life like all of a sudden this other character oh is brought to life and what happens don't played by Johnny don't Depp. Don't say of course. that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, no, I, I think you know, uh, uh, Jeff. As usual, you and I are in lockstep. Uh, obviously, the allusions to the story of Pinocchio are pretty on the nose. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, uh, I started off hearing the marionette imagery, uh, which I actually first thought of uh, being John Malkovich because there's a lot of stuff with like marionettes and puppets. Mm-hmm. And that. Love that flick. Um, but, oh, one thing, um, com- when combined with the music box in the beginning and end, and we noted the count-in on the drumsticks, that's obviously not unheard of in the beginning of songs, but I don't recall... But a kind of wooden Yeah, a lot motif. of v songs using that. The drumsticks are, of course, made of wood. Uh, so then I thought, no, 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 no. That's too on the nose. It's a metaphor for a relationship <laughs> where the narrator felt betrayed. But then the lyrics are yeah. like, I call him liar, you call him son. It's talking about the nose and everything, so... I was like, well, it could be like this, but also a father and son metaphor. Um, but in the end, I, I mean, it, whatever whatever else it may be alluding to, it certainly is a story about Pinocchio and, and maybe a, a, a first puppet before Pinocchio who feels discarded and abandoned now that Geppetto has made Pinocchio and maybe the Blue Fairy made him real. I'm kind of surprised that a song <clears throat> telling such a tale literally moved me so much, but perhaps I shouldn't be. Some of my favorite characters in fictions are allusions to Pinocchio, Data from Star Trek The Next Generation, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, <laughs> I believe in the very first episode, Encounter at Farpoint, Riker actually calls Data Pinocchio teasingly. And in that example... But, yeah, this, but exactly. this wouldn't be Pinocchio. <laughs> well, this would be Lore. <laughs> I, I was getting to that. Yeah, uh, let me... Yeah, yeah. So in this example, Lore would be the original, feeling abandoned and betrayed by his maker, which he kind of does. So, like, I don't know, it's really... Wait Very a minute. Fitting, what year did Lore come out? What year was he created I mean, on, on Generations? Uh, that would have been like 91 yeah, or something. Yeah, that's got to be very early 90s. I would think that. Because he was in the first <laughs> or second season. So are you saying that there's a secret Trekkie yeah. amongst the BNL crew? Definitely. <laughs> would not surprise uh, me. Maybe not so secret. They're I'm like, Lore, sure. Lore, what can we write with that? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is an interesting comparison that like. It's actually like weirdly as original as this song concept is. It's not because Star Trek had already done it. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons; they've done everything, you know. Eventually. Right. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say, um, I'm Aaron Mankey, and this is Lore. Sorry, good. <laughs> <laughs> I have so one of the lines in this song that always gets me is, and, and you'll probably like guess immediately why, because I'm a child of the late '70s, early '80s. Form of a tree, shape of a child. Every time I hear that, all I can think is of the Wonder Twins. Form of an ice menorah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, even in the middle of that song, I'm like, no, I can't. Stop. <laughs> all week long, it just kept popping back in. I love the, the poetry of this song. I love it when they tell a good story. Um, and, and this is a good story. Like, this is a good in-depth look at... at this they keep it vague enough that you're still like a person who's being rejected who who feels like they've been left behind by by a father when another kid comes along um the second child you know that kind of thing um <laughs> the the middle child the middle child that always feels like left out and like they're they're like not not as important as the others you know that 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 syndrome um but I, I like that. Well, but I, I, I have to say my favorite line in the whole thing is I call him liar, you call him son. If I could move, I'd oh, yeah, set him yeah. on fire and I'd run. I love the Agreed. double the double <laughs> rhyme in that in that two line couplet is amazing. 
And it doesn't fall do you where you would expect it to. You No, no, the, the liar fire rhyme is actually a little offbeat, which is really cool. Yeah, internal rhyme. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the refrain, forever, forever mine? I love it. I actually have it in my notes with an asterisk. <laughs> I like, well, for one thing, it weirdly, it weirdly comes in before the first verse mm-hmm. even starts, yeah, right? It does. You kind of hear it once and you're like, oh, okay. And then it gets louder and more pronounced over yeah. time. In, the, in kind of the meanings of the lyrics of the song, is it just, you know, wishing the, the older, the, the lower characters saying like, uh, this father relationship, you're like, I was supposed to be yours. You're forever mine. Yeah. Yeah. And you've replaced me with someone that um, is uh, faulty in a way. Like he looks at Pinocchio. I mean, there's jealousy there, but he's also looking at Pinocchio as he basically mentions, you, you know, he's a liar. Look at his nose. Yeah. Given the um, same chance, which is, I wouldn't do that. Like. Right. Yes. Yeah. I know. What, and then, but, but yeah, I, I agree with you now. I also really like the bridge. The bridge is so simple yeah. lyrically. The transition into the bridge. But yeah, the transition into the bridge. and But the lyrics, I mean, who needs you? A boy to be who needs to be. Yeah. I mean, there's also definitely a feeling with it. It's not just that he wants to belong. He doesn't want to just be uh, where he was in the eyes of his father. But he also wants that same chance to be successful, to be a real boy. And that's summed up so well in those three short little lines. And that is glorious. <laughs> that is that is BNL writing right there. Well, it's an interesting twist, too, because you would think that he would be, from his perspective, he would be saying, or at least this is my always my thinking, was, I'm forever yours. Like, people are always, like, when they when they put personalization and, and ownership to something, they're usually, like, especially when it's a child to a father, they're like, I'm yours. But that's not where this is going from. That's a Jason Mraz song. I was going to say that. Oh, Tyler. But in the, even in the court, I mean, even in the verse, he says, you told me that you'd always be mine, which is a weird thing for a parent to say to the kid. Like, that's a, a different direction that this that this lore character is taking. I like how we've automatically pretty much assimilated, <laughs> assimilated this song into a Star Trek oh, yeah. reference. Well, we have to have something <laughs> for the character. We can't. We, we've officially named the, the narrator of this song, yeah. Lore. It's... Did did, well, did did Frankenstein's monster have an older brother or something? <laughs> he may have. That would be a good story. Someone needs to do that. A song from the perspective of Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's older monster, brother. Yes, older yeah, Frankenstein's brother. monster's older brother. Come on, Edgar right. Winter, where are you at? Yeah, <laughs> Edgar Winter, come on the show. Yeah, he just wasn't he wasn't put together quite right. You know, one one of his arms is really tiny, and the other arm's really big and stuff. It's that song, just really sad. I I don't know if I can let this go, guys. I think <laughs> I really want to do a song about <laughs> Frankenstein's <laughs> monster having an older brother. <laughs> I, I think I, I think really want to do this. I really want to do this. I say, this. run, do not walk. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm actually writing it down right now in my notes. Write song well, about the, Frankenstein's the, the, older brother. And the, the funny the funny thing about that is because there's already like the hackiness of like Frankenstein's monsters, and then we have like Frankenstein's <laughs> other monster, who's the older Fred. brother. Technically, I never Fred, throw a girl into the river. Technically, the Frankenstein's <laughs> monster is Frankenstein's <laughs> second <laughs> monster. Right, right, yes. So Frankenstein's first monster and Frankenstein's second monster. Yeah. Technically, the doctor was the monster the whole time. Well, yes, that's well. Frankenstein did. Was he the monster, someone, or were the villagers and the people around him the monster? Are we talking about the book or the movies? That's the uh, that's, 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 that's a good point. That's the monster. Yeah, that's a good point. Very scary. Even in the original movie, monster. Yeah. Even in the original movie, Frankenstein does do something unforgivable. But that said, you could easily make the case that there was a lot of other factors going the on. Humans are the monsters, basically. Yes, That's yes. True. And Geppetto is is very much the monster in this situation. No, you don't want to see I it. I wasn't even aware don't, that it don't, existed I until today. Don't want, no, never I'm already it. not interested. <laughs> because I care but, about you all, I, I need to. <laughs> but I, I'm, a, I, I'm a big Who's Line fan, and they would always make references they, they, to they, how yes. bad the movie was. So yes, I would always want to see it. Like, Ooh, how Geppetto bad? on DVD, yes. <laughs> 
Big Who's Line fan here. <laughs> nice. I have nothing more to add about this song. What about you guys? Is there a trouble with Tracy? Trouble with Tracy trouble is with I Tracy. don't know why, and it is a trouble with me and not the song. Um, I don't know why I can't get into this song. I like it when I hear it. It's not one that Ooh. I want to listen to. It's not on my playlist. Are we about to have a fight? I, I think it's a very well it's done song. <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to get ugly. Uh, I, 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 I think it could. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> cooler stocked with haterade, guys. Oh man! I don't hate this song, but I just—I never listened to it. I—I I think the—I think everything about it is done exactly perfectly for what it's trying to go for, and it just doesn't work for me. Um, the ratings person might make you go last tonight. They might. I—I um, <laughs> I like, like I, I like all the choices that they made, but it just doesn't make me want to listen to it over and over again. It's not something I want on my playlist. I think if I were depressed, I'd want to listen to it then because I would get it would hey. give me that that uh, uh, well I guess that explains why it's going on my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally already Aaron on and my I playlist. are always depressed. Call me a bipolar bear. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would we make do. me feel All better <laughs> when I was depressed. It just isn't gonna make me feel like wanting to listen to it most of the time. And I guess that's my problem with it isn't so much the problem with the song. It's just it doesn't jibe with me majority of the time. You're just not depressed enough. Most no, of the time, I'm on, not. Man, stop being so damn happy all the time. <laughs> you do realize it's 2021. I know. It's falling apart. You would have thought that I would have been listening to it all this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. There's the there's the bare naked ladies fans who are like, yeah, yeah, can't like fun can't be banned. And then there are the bare naked ladies fans that are like, uh, but there's there's something deeper there. You just don't know. <laughs> I, th I think the bare naked ladies do. Uh, dark and depressing so it's, well, though, that when they do, I like love I said, it. it's extremely well done. I mean, this is up there in terms of ability and the production worth of it, and just the writing and the poetry. It's up there with the flag. I just, it's not something that like pulls me into want to listen to it. You might do have you to leave the, the room and let the fans talk. <laughs> I don't listen to the flag much either. <laughs> I love the flag. But I just don't. You listen stand to up and back. salute the flag right now, Mister. But, wow. but, you listen, <laughs> but you listen to it when you're playing the album through, yes. I guess. And the same thing for this. If you probably skip War on Drugs, and I too, think don't this you? is the other problem with Tracy. I do not. I love War on Drugs. Um, I okay. used to skip War on Drugs, and then I stopped. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a good analogy because, <laughs> like War on Drugs, I don't randomly pull it out for my playlists. But if it's on the album, I'm not going to skip it. I. You don't you don't put it on your party Correct. mix is what you're saying. I think the bigger problem okay. I think the bigger trouble with Tracy with this song is it's on this album. And I don't <laughs> listen to this album oh, we'll as to the that. entirety. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Uh, when it comes to this album, and we'll see the numbers are gonna hash this out. I already know this. Yeah, I don't yeah, listen we'll to, to this album <laughs> as a whole. I'll listen to Gordon, I'll listen to Stunt, I listen to Maroon, I'll listen to a couple others as well. This one I will not listen Fake to nudes. From beginning to end, and he completely skipped. Maybe you should drive. By the way, I noticed that. I, yeah, by the I way, know. I paid attention. Um, I'm hoping that this podcast will help me change my opinion of maybe you should drive. But I can tell that it's not going to change my opinion of Born on a Pirate Ship very much. Um, I think I love this song, but the same, and I love the, I love the masterpiece that it is, but it's not something I'm going to seek out. Do you like the first half of Born on a Pirate Ship? Because I'm weird on the first half of it, but I love the second half. Well, we've talked about this. Like for me, Born in a Pirate Ship, the first half is is pretty strong. I like a lot of the first half. It's the second half that I have I struggle. I think, except for one song. I don't think this, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be this one. <laughs> I don't. I don't dislike Born on a Pirate Ship for the songs. I think the problem that comes up for me, and we'll cover this like once we've covered all the albums, this song is horribly produced when it comes to order and and 
Oh yeah, this yeah. album. I can't yeah, listen album, to yeah. this album yeah. in the order it's put on this disc. It, it, I it think that's fair. Feels all wrong, and so I don't listen to it that way. I would rather skip through it on my playlist and and hit it randomly right. than hit these songs right. in the order because they you wrote. You don't want to deny like break break your heart, for example. Oh. I mean, I think most people would agree break your heart is a really strong well, song. And call me calmly oh, yeah. and stomach versus heart and straw yeah, hat. Right. Like I like all these songs. I just. Don't I live with a like day on there. But then there's I Know and Spider in my room, and you're like, what, what are we in doing the drink? He likes, he likes I, Spider, I like Spider, though. and he I like Spider. I Know. <laughs> and I love I Live With It Every Day. What did we give I Know? We didn't give I Know high rankings. Um, it was an up and down. I Know was, as we transitioned to numbers, it came out I to feel average. Like I, I feel like I had, I had to be low on I Know. I Know average 2.97, with a couple Not of us great. giving mid, mid to high threes. Jeff, you gave it a uh, three, and okay. Stefan gave it a zero point five. <laughs> he absolutely. <laughs> you're right. It's a total. You're right. It's a totally weird song. Like it's a totally weird album that you can't listen straight through to. No, and this song is one of the ones that suffers because like of it. that's why. I, that's why I mostly listen to like same thing, just a toy in the drink and shoebox, because I I love that yes. run. Uh, which I know you guys don't. Like. I could see that. I don't like it, but I could see how they go together. I guess. And that's what I was going to say. Is like this song has the, this song has the weird like last thirty seconds where it's like the 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 music box playing in the background, but it's also like kind of silent and nothing happens. And then and then it, in my head, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's get those weird like uh, guitar thing going into in the drink. Like I look forward to that. Well, they've got shoebox. At the end of side B, and they've got old apartment at the end of side A. Instead of headlining, they, those are their two releases. They didn't headline with anywhere in the top four with those two. They didn't have break your heart in the top four. Like times like these, I'm it, reminded of how much I still have to learn about BNL because we're. <laughs> We're still on the J's. <laughs> we yes, we're yeah. we're talking. Yeah, we're talking I'm about like, some oh, stuff here. Right? I recognize that. I like that one. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I'm like Captain America over here. When when we get to <laughs> when we get to re reordering the album, well, it, it'll be interesting to see what you do with it, being the music major you are. So. So are, should are we, we do ranking a ranking? Now? Yeah. So what do we got <gasps> we for a uh, score? Okay. What do we get for a ranking system? Uh, well, we obviously got to rank it on a scale of zero to five lures. <laughs> <laughs> you all knew that was coming. Was <laughs> and there's but, no yeah, E, was, by the way. It's oh, L-O-R. just L O R. Okay. I, just, I, I did that. That's what I put. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. I'm gonna do something weird tonight. I think I'm gonna go first. I don't usually go first. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. No, you know what? No, I, I like the guests to go first. So Tyler, you go first. <laughs> I was just kidding. I didn't, I know, I didn't I feel. But you, you swayed I, me. You swayed. I didn't feel. I usually slighted. call on. I usually call on someone else. But let's go with the guests first. So. Um, I was hovering around three point five when we came in, but we've had such a good conversation. I'll give it four stars or four lores. Nice. Sorry. Four lores. <laughs> Four lores. Four lores and seven. Oh, and seven years ago. <laughs> four lores and. Seven I'm years so ago. forlorn. Um, oh wait. Now I'm just thinking of Lore dressed up as Abraham Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> <laughs> they should have. They really should have done that. <laughs> yeah, they, they totally should have. Brent Spiner dressed up as Abe Lincoln. That would be yeah. really good. Yeah, you're right. Missed an opportunity. And that wonderful pun. Four lore and yeah, <laughs> like right there. Come on. <laughs> And seven red shirts ago. Uh, I gotta go high on this one. Uh, I actually really like it. We've talked a lot about my feelings about Bope. It's been over and over. I, I do like a lot of the first half of Bope. Uh, Old Apartment obviously is one of my favorites. I just parodied it um, for uh, a horror movie. Uh, Break Your Heart is one of my favorites. Um, there, I live with it every. I, I live with it every day. There's some good stuff at the beginning. The second half of this album for me is is a weak spot. I cannot listen to this album straight through. Um, that said, in the second half, there is one song that's up there for me, and it's this one. The darkness of it, uh, the whole mentality of, of speaking from a character, uh, I, I like that. They're a character that we didn't even know existed. We probably knew existed. There's other puppets in Pinocchio and all the stories. 
but that whole feeling um, of, of being abandoned, you know, you were told you were the one, you were the one that was going to do this. Um, I, I'm there forever. And then you get a sibling or you get a, a new person in someone's life and they replace that. And, you know, um, whether it's true or not, whether it's uh, uh, your interpretation, you're like all the things start hitting in your head. Like this is all the things that's wrong with that person. Why don't you see that? I was there for you. You know, I love it. And the, the whole, like I said, the whole almost stillness of it. I'm frozen in a, in a, in a, in a smile and I can't cry. Um, yeah, I really love this. And it's dark. And yeah, of course, it takes kind of a vicious turn at the end where he's like, I know what I do. I would burn him. I would burn that puppet. <laughs> Die in a fire. Wait, sorry. I want to circle back to something Aaron said earlier because Aaron said that there's a Simpsons of every it's plot, true. and I think there is there there is a Simpsons <laughs> about how Bart it, got really mad when Lisa was born, right? I, if I, there almost assuredly is, or like no, there is. I can't think born. of the name of the episode, but you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and that 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 is a storyline that's been done. I mean, every a lot of kids get that. job. I actually have a scar in my head from when my sister was born because um, I <laughs> did Lord out, Voldemort so. try to take you away from your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wizard, Aaron. I don't know if I've told you this, but awesome. we're all bundles. But uh, yeah, that's pretty really, cool. Yeah. I, well, how so are you? About the only th- about the only thing I can do is turn things into pasta. Um, that's my only power. It's not really useful, but if I'm ever hungry, uh, it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I really like this. I like the darkness of it. I like dark songs, and I think this this sells for me. So I'm going to give it four point three lures. Very nice. And Aaron. <laughs> So we can make the hater go uh, last. Yes. So in <laughs> looking up the lyrics to this song, I came across some very vocal people on the internet who wanted to announce to everyone that they did not care for this song. <laughs> I, I was astonished, frankly. Uh, now, Tracy, I know you've rated about, I think, like 11 songs a five thus far. And I've only rated, I think, five, a, a perfect five. I've been mulling this over. Because a song has to be something very special for me to award it a five. But the more I think about it, first, I I can't think of anything that I would really change about this tune. Uh, Second, I find it stirring and moving uh, as much as the flag, which I rated a five. Steven's vocals are strained and cracking with emotion. It gives me goosebumps. I'm thinking to myself, what else does just a toy have to do? And I don't think it has to do anything else. I am going to award my first five of the year and the first one since the flag, I believe, to just a toy. Five lures with an E out of five. The flag, which was an episode I yeah, was on. Right. A very, very fantastic. That's the last time I gave something a five. That is. I actually just so, looked it up on the on the sheet. It, it yeah, is your last five. I think just five. a toy is deserving. It's, it's a really, really, really good song. I love it. Well, Aaron, how about you give me five? <laughs> uh, 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 social distancing. <laughs> I downloaded a five from him and I uploaded Actually, a five. We're too. all in the same room, but we're six feet apart. Yeah, we don't want to break the illusion. We're wearing masks. We're six feet apart. <laughs> There's plexiglass dividers between us. It's probably better for the sound the anyway. Layer. All right. So. Secret layer. I have to say I'm struggling mightily with this one because when it comes to when it comes to how this song is as i was talking about it earlier like you were saying aaron there's nothing i would change about it 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 is a perfect song the way it is i don't think there's anything that should be added i don't think there's anything missing i don't think that there's anything wrong poetically it's it really is Right there, perfect. But I also don't love to listen to it. Um, <laughs> when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I, I really like this song. Um, but it's not what I'm going to have on my playlist. Oh. Did, did you just say it's a perfect song that you don't like? Because that's what I, I don't ask for I much, heard. just beyond perfection. <laughs> no, I, you need to be more perfect. Song. That's the problem. That would, fun, that would be a fun thing. What's a perfect song that you don't like? <laughs> That's the problem with this song is that I don't. I mean, I don't dislike the song. <laughs> I like it for what it is, and I think it's amazing for what it is. It just doesn't grab me, and I, I'm gonna put it down right now for a three point six. 
But I'm already that's highlighting fine. it. That's fine. That's a, that's a I'm score. already yeah. highlighting it for later in the year because <laughs> there's a part of me that that I'm very happy that Aaron gave it a five because I think it does deserve it. It's cute how he thinks we're gonna make it through 2021. I'll be dead by then. <laughs> Stop toying with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I'm done with you. Uh, keep it real. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That was. Uh, there it keeping is. it real goes wrong. Thank you. You you totally made that for me, and I didn't have that planned out. That was wonderful. Thank you. That totally set that yeah, up. <laughs> with you. Um, by the way, I have to say, like, this is the end of the Jays. That's it. This is where it this ends. This is where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not the podcast, but Come the Jays. We, we made it through the Jays. So. Are there are a lot I'm of Jays. That makes me four, sad. Five. Because I'm a, I'm a Jay. <laughs> There's a lot of Jays in the uh, in the, in the the back room when you're at a <laughs> ladies concert. <laughs> oh, those aren't Jays. So, so we're going to be hitting uh, K next, but we're not going to be there for long. Oh. <laughs> Have we gotten consent from Kay? <laughs> he's just he's completely put out there that we're going to hit her. Wait, are we talking about Tommy Lee Jones' character from Men in Black? <laughs> Slapping him around. <laughs> <laughs> what era Tommy Lee Jones would you... Gotta go no I, country. I want to. I want to meet the oh, one that's okay with Batman. He's still got that young face. Obviously, the fugitive. <laughs> yes, I don't yes. care. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to meet the one who's okay with with Batman forever. <laughs> Tommy, I'm sorry that uh, Tracy just brought up Batman forever. We know you listen. Come on the show. We'll, we'll yeah, talk about working with the, the Cullen brothers. It'll be great. <laughs> So yeah, we won't, we won't uh, even mention Batman Forever. I promise. No, no, we'll just keep it real. I did have a Batman Forever poster hanging in my room as a kid, though. For <laughs> one sorry. reason. For one Nicole reason, Gannon. though. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a good soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, did, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a I lot would, I could say uh, about that movie. You uh, too. You too had uh, that song in there. Yeah. I was, yeah. I love Jim Carrey in that movie. I really love the song Keeping It Real. I hope you guys spend the majority of the time talking about the Persuasions version, which is the superior version. Oh, Gauntlet Throne. How about you just come yeah. on next week and you can. Yeah. <laughs> He's Very like, um, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you a twicer? Can you do two in a row? Do you, do you have that stamina, Tyler? <laughs> guys, we have, a, we have a guest. <laughs> He knows us. You guys are already making promises that we can't follow through with because they have <laughs> someone true. else. That's true. He'll be back in two weeks for for the other the last K song as well. There's two Ks. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Remember in Men in Black Three, there was Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Jones, and the other guy who was also in No Country for Old Men, Josh Brolin. There was K and Special K. K2, the mountain that's taller than Everest. We're going to start a Tommy K2 Lee ABC. SO, played by Alan Tudyk. <laughs> wow. Dude. We've gone all the way around from Star Trek to Star Wars. I, first of all, lo- I, I love Alan Tudyk, but my God, his name always makes me chuggle like a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's going to make me laugh when I hear it. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and wait, Alan, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk actually. Wait, wait, wait. Alan Tudyk actually played K two in Rogue One. Boom. That's what, that's what he was saying. Said. Yeah. Oh, that's what you said. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. Totally that's how we said. got over. Uh, to that. Apologies to Alan We're Tudyk. Up. Please come on the show. We know you listen. Oh yes, we know. You, we know you're a big fan. Please come on the show, Alan. He listens. We yeah. will not mention your last name the whole entire time. And he played Steve the pirate. In yes. Dodgeball, Dodgeball, he was born on a pirate ship Ooh. all the way back. Nice. Baby. That <laughs> and that's going to finish it up. And he played <laughs> don't, don't King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. And Imagine Dragons were in the sequel, and they're a band, too. I, I, sorry. We had the loop. We, we, we had the and loop. there are dragons in some film with some guy who was in a film with some guy who was in a film with Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh, <boom. laughs> 
night, everyone. Nice. <laughs> we'll on that. Bye. See you next time. No, I forgot. Um, so the appearance this week is actually because we didn't cover this way back when because I just found it since then. An alternative version of Break Your Heart, since we brought it up tonight. Um, it's actually from 1993. It has It's a little bit faster, and it has different lyrics than the original Break Your Heart. Um, that we have on the album, so I would yeah, recommend. I think I think that would break my heart to hear it though, because <laughs> I, I love the original like, so much. The but... original is amazing, but I do like these alternative lyrics. Okay, I'll so I recommend people go out and listen to it. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.